Good morning. That was 80%. Good job. Good morning. All right. And Merry Christmas. You know, during this season, I don't want to wait till Christmas Eve to say Merry Christmas because it's Christmas. We're, we're on a journey to Christmas this season. And uh, welcome all of you who are visiting. Uh, welcome those who are viewing on live stream. I know that this season brings a lot of colds and sickness and kids staying home. So a lot of people, mom and dad, uh, you're watching on, on live stream. We love you guys. We're praying for health in your homes. And we're excited that all of you could join us. We are still in a chapter a day as a church, reading a chapter a day. We're in 1 Corinthians, I believe, chapter 6. And um, if you read 1 Corinthians 5 and 6, you'll realize that it's going to be very difficult for me to fit those verses in this Christmas message. So um, obviously a lot of you haven't been reading, um, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, it's all on sexual immorality, 5 and 6, so no Christmas message with that. Um, welcome to the second Sunday of Advent. Um, we're excited that you're here. As we begin the Advent, or as we began the Advent season last Sunday, we talked a little bit about the word Advent. Advent is really a, a word that comes from the Latin term, which means coming. And so Advent is all about waiting for the coming of the Messiah, the baby, uh, Jesus Christ. But as Christians, it's also a reminder that we are waiting and embracing the waiting for the soon return of our Savior Jesus Christ to come and take us to our eternal home and to make all things right. And so these weeks leading up to Christ, we, we take a chance, we look at it as taking a chance to look forward with great expectation to the coming of Jesus Christ, the baby, and we embark on a journey of hope we saw last week, love this week, Next week is joy, joy, and Christmas Eve is going to be all about peace because Jesus is actually called in the prophecies before he was even born the Prince of Peace. So more than 2,000 years ago, a star appeared in the east and guided so many people to a stable, to the Messiah to what we know who is the Savior of the world. And we talked a little bit last week um, about the biblical account of the star, if you remember. Uh, our Christmas pageants today and a lot of our Christmas shows on TV um, kind of give a little more credit and a little bit more TV time to the Christmas star than in the biblical account. Um, however, um, despite its biblical uh, appearance, its brief biblical appearance, it was a star that led people to Jesus. And it is still today a star that leads us to Jesus if we follow it. The key thing to remember from last week is that the stars in the sky, specifically the Bethlehem Christmas star, shines brightest in the darkest of nights. What does that mean? for us? Well, the light of the star shines brightest through darkness. Let us not turn a blind eye this Christmas season or try to run away from hardships and darkness around us or even the hardships and darkness in us. Rather, find 
opportunities in the darkness to seek and pursue the light of Christmas, which is Jesus Christ. Remember that your darkest of nights are the seasons where you can see Jesus and his light the brightest. So we journey together today as the star, the Christmas star, brings us to love. Agape love. Not just the love during Christmas time that gives us the goosebumps and the ooey-gooey feelings. That's not the love that Jesus brings at all. The star of Bethlehem signals the brightest love. The love that never gives up. How many know somebody who is just feeling hopeless and discouraged because they feel like the love around them is giving up on them and they have failed? Well, this love that came that first Christmas doesn't give up. It doesn't fail. It conquered death. And it's a love that surrounds us daily and fills us eternally. It is that perfect love. So let me ask you, since you're all quiet with me this morning, let me ask you to consider several questions just between yourself and God. No raising hands. You'll see why in a minute. How, how would you perceive God's love for you? If someone were to ask you, how do you know God loves you? And what does that look like for you? How would you answer? Second question. When it comes down to it, to God's love, is this something that daily you feel you have to earn it. And if you just slightly mess up, that love meter is just going to go down and down and down until it's empty. Thirdly, do you wonder, do you ever wonder, if God's love is truly meant for you. And the last question before we get into the message is do you see do you see the overflow? Do you see the overflow of God's love? in your own life towards others. And if you would just bow your heads, I want, I want to pray. God of heaven and earth, author of our life, giver and taker, father of every good gift, Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, Holy Spirit, our comforter, our counselor, the presence of God living in every believer. You're going to do something special in hearts this morning. 
teach us. Grab our attention. Push all distractions away, God. This is your moment. And this is a moment you've waited for since the beginning of time. And so we wait for you. And if you agree with that prayer, just say amen. I need to be upfront with you from the beginning, okay? I'm not an expert on this thing called love. I'm not talking about loving my wife and my children and loving you, those around me. I'm talking about understanding this supernatural love by a supernatural almighty God we can't visibly, tangibly see necessarily in the physical form. I, I have questions myself. I struggle and I wrestle with fully understanding and grasping the depth of this love. But I will tell you this, with every fiber of my being, and I will die on the mountain of this, that the truest nature of our almighty God, Lord and Savior, the truest nature of the character of God is love. Unconditional love. And it is available for everyone. For everyone. And I could go on and on about that. It's for everyone. Doesn't matter who you vote for. It's for everyone. Doesn't matter what you're doing behind your closed door. It's for you. Doesn't even matter how you're living your life. I'm going to stop there. It's for you. And it's for everyone. That's why Jesus came. It's who he is. He is love. So let's dive deep today into the love of God as we uncover two things. As we uncover two things. Number one, we're going to uncover a love that caused him to leave his throne in heaven. A love that caused Jesus to leave his throne in heaven and enter a world through his son, Jesus, that first Christmas. Secondly, we're going to look at a love that was present from the creation, the beginning of time. And that love is enough for each and every one of us. And that love is meant to overflow in our lives. So let's get started because we, a lot of us, have a movie to go see at noon. And so if you don't have tickets for the star, uh, they'll be available after um, the service and before the movie. Um, and we'll give you a little bit more information before we leave. Let's look at point number one in this Advent journey to love. Love from the start. Point number one is a history of extravagant love. The history of our world, the story of the Bible. 
is a love story from the very first verse in Genesis. It's a love story. It's the story of God's love for His people and His plan for redemption. Okay, what is redemption? Redemption, literally the Greek word, is lustrosis, maybe. Uh, Jacob can correct me a little bit later. Is that right? Close? Close enough? Okay, lustrosis. What it means is being rescued and saved from sin. The story of God's love is to rescue us from sin because his plan from the very point of creation was to be with us. God is not some distant uncle who suddenly shows up on Christmas Day with a gift that nobody knows what to do with. Nor is he a cold and distant figure grudgingly offering us an occasional occasional token. Yeah, sure, love came crashing down that first Christmas in Bethlehem into a stable. But if that's all we see this Christmas, we've missed it. If we just see the Jesus little precious baby never crying, never spoiling its diaper, however it was back then. We see this perfect little baby Jesus come crashing in on Christmas, and then that's it. And then we live the rest of the year. We've missed it. We've missed it. You see, love was all about Jesus being a culmination. His birth was just a culmination of a long history of love from the very beginning. And his love is for us today, this Advent season. His love for us today is not new. It is not a new thing. It has been for us since the beginning of all creation. How do I know this? Well, Psalms 139 says that God has been intimately acquainted with us, knows us deeply in our mother's womb. Try to understand that. That when God was working on the Milky Way and Venus, he was thinking about you. And he knew your life. And he had you in mind. Ephesians 4, it's on the screen. Chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, tells us this. For God chose us in him before the creation of the world. If you don't believe me, believe the scripture, the truth of God. He chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. Stop there. For those of you who have a very difficult time trusting and believing in a God of love who would tolerate for someone to go to hell and would tolerate the darkness and sin in this world, this is what he created us for. To be holy and blameless. Do you remember I was telling you in the beginning of the message that God's nature is love and he cannot act outside of his nature? Remember that? Well, God's nature is also justice and holiness and perfection. 
Sin cannot dwell in the presence of the Almighty God. That's why in the Old Testament, they had a tabernacle of worship. And the only place where the presence of God could be experienced was behind a veil that blocked the presence of God that only once a year, the high priest, even he was sinful and not blameless and not holy. And they brought a sacrifice into the most holy place and their God accepted that temporary sacrifice for sin. God will not tolerate any sin. And so God cannot dwell in the darkness of sin. That's why sin has to go to another place. And instead of counting us as a mistake or chopped liver, he knew from the beginning of time that we couldn't get it right. And so he sent his son to get it right for us. This is why we live in the consequences and the aftermath of sin in our world. But God did not design it that way. Nor did he desire it to be that way. But thanks be to Jesus Christ, this Christmas we can have hope. In love, he predestined us for adoption, meaning we were of darkness, of sin. He could not let us in. And so he adopted us through what Jesus Christ has done according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has been blessed. Excuse me, which he has blessed us in the beloved. Ephesians 1. Are you following me? All right, let's take a look at this slide because I want this to sink in. God's love is for you. It does not depend on you. Oh, thank God, you can breathe today. It doesn't depend on you today. It's not something we have to earn or perform for to maintain. It starts with God, not us. I love that typo. God is love. It is his nature and character. His love for us was there from the beginning of time and will continue throughout eternity. I hope, I hope you grab a hold of that this Christmas. Now, this is absolutely impossible to comprehend in our earthly minds and intellect. It can't be done. Why? Because we were rewired by sin. Remember, God can't have anything to do with sin. And so it takes a work of the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin and show us the ways of God. This is something we believe in faith. And we accept that God's love is for us and it exists beyond the constraints of time, space, and our limited understanding. It's then when it becomes a reality in our lives. It is a love 
this Christmas worth focusing on, meditating on, and soaking during this Christmas season. His love was from the start. And secondly, his love is enough. Let me ask you a couple more questions. Do you ever have a hard time loving God? Do you ever have a hard time accepting God's love for you? Do you ever doubt that his love is enough to cover all the pain and the hurt and the darkness and evil of this world? Or have you doubted that his love is enough to even cover your pain and your hurt and your darkness? Have you ever said something like, you know, me and God just right now in this season, yeah, we're not on good terms. If we're honest, I think we could all say yes to all of those. And some of you maybe even more. Despite what we may know in our heads or believe in our hearts, guys, this is a struggle to live in the reality of God's love for us. It's a struggle. Why? Because it's impossible to experience this love apart from the supernatural God. It requires nothing of us other than to receive it and walk in it. So let me remind you some good news this morning. Are you all awake? Okay. It's hard to see you and I'm not sure if you're sleeping or not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I got good news for you. I got good news for you. And it's the best news ever. And it will be the best gift you could ever receive underneath the tree this Christmas. Y'all listening? God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. You. This slide says it perfectly. It has love all over it. It's the purple slide. He loves us. And He loves the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes with all of their heart that He is Lord, that they should be saved, not die, but have everlasting life. That's why Jesus came as a baby is because he knew the death he must pay for us to be with God again. It's not because of anything you've done or have to do. Some of you need to hear that because some of you have, been grown, have grown up with that message just resonating in you over and over and over again. It has nothing to do with you or what you have done or going to do. Not for today, but then he's going to take it all back tomorrow. Not like your father or your mother or your spouse or your ex-spouse or your friends or your enemies who let you down, hurt you, and abuse you or twisted the concept or perspective of love to inflict damage or pain to where it seems so hard to heal from and let go of. That is not God's love. 
God's love is this. He loves you. Put your name in there. He loves you purely. He loves you perfectly. He loves you wholly. He loves you lavishly. And he loves you radically. You don't have to earn points to muster up with God. He pours love out on us no matter how lovable, how lovable or how unlovable or how unworthy we may feel. And he pours out his love unendingly. Love, this love, is not based on feelings and emotions. However, some emotions and feelings that are of God will be a byproduct of this love. This love is supernatural and only from God through his son Jesus Christ. And this love will last forever. Romans 5.8 explains this love. It says this, but God shows his love. Okay, so when it says this in the Bible, but God shows his love, we want to say, okay, let's see it. How does he show his love? He shows us that for while we were yet sinners, you know that thing that separated us from God, allows us to live in darkness, can't see his light, can't have communion and relationship with God. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news. He died for us. God's love is for you. Does it sound like there's an echo in here? God's love is for you. It is more vast and perfect than you could ever fully, completely grasp apart from heaven. But it is so worth opening your heart and your mind and your soul to receive this love and be drawn ever deeper into it. Would you join me this Christmas season to just take one more step into receiving that all-consuming love for us. So the Christmas story is a history love story for us. And this love that Christmas represents in our Savior is enough for even me and you. And thirdly, This love is designed to overflow in our lives. And instead of just preaching to you, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read from 1 John 4, verses 7 through 19. I'm just going to read it, and it's going to preach and teach to us. And just keep in mind, God, show me how this love is to overflow in our hearts. Would you follow with me? Beloved. Who's beloved? Anyone who understands and comprehends that they are loved by God are beloved. So if that's you, this is to you. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves 
has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean? Basically, He is taking the wrath of God for the penalty of our sin and he's taking it off of you and putting it on his son. Beloved, there it is again. If God so loves us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Anyone getting this? By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, which everyone will face, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he loved. You ever wonder if you've been saved and Jesus lives in you? Look for his love. Because as the presence of God lives in every believer, that is the Holy Spirit love living in and through us god is love and he sent jesus for us and we can rely on god's love it will never fail and we're to overflow with love as evidence that all this is true so as the band comes up and before i lose your attention I want to challenge you with one thing. And I want to encourage you with one thing. You ready? If you are a note taker, or if you have your phone handy, I would encourage you to write this down. Class. Kidding. Here's your challenge this Christmas season. It's really difficult. So many of you aren't going to be able to do it but it's walk in love. Walk in love. Everyone can do it who has the Son of God living inside of them. Walk in it. Just walk in it. As God so loved you, so love others. 
Will you allow this love, this Christmas season, to saturate and overflow in your hearts as you abide with the Savior? That's your challenge. And I guarantee you, if you walk in love, you will experience such joy this Christmas season that is impossible to experience apart from God. And then I want to encourage you with the last thing. Just like we're going to be reading very shortly in the book of Ephesians during our chapter a day. I want to end with Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. I'm not going to read it. But I want to encourage you and the band can start. Would you just listen to my every word? Can I even encourage you to close your eyes? I won't throw anything at you as your eyes are closed. God's love. His love is deep and it is so wide and it is so long and it is so high and it doesn't change even if our feelings and circumstances change. Even when we feel distant from God's love, He is there right beside you. Nothing can shake that love. Nothing can tear us away from that love. And that love will never fail you. That love will never disappoint us. It will never leave us. It will never forsake us. Remind yourself this Christmas season. Romans 8, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Would you stand up and worship this morning the God of love? Amen.